Hey everyone, welcome back to Hey Bro, a podcast by Mates in Construction. For mates, by mates. Uh, today, um, we're going to be interviewing uh, Danny Bedingfield, who is the a director of Prostate Cancer Foundation NZ. President. President. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, far out. Uh, the, the POTUS. The, yeah, POTUS. The, the GOTUS POTUS. Um, President of um, Prostate Cancer. Uh, but to continue on, Prostate Cancer Foundation is a research awareness and advocacy organization for, as you know, as you guessed it, prostate cancer. Now, prostate cancer is a male-only cancer, usually diagnosed in older men. But in mm. the in the interview... We'll talk about some of the things, what are the, some of the barriers around getting tested and whether or not it's something to be mindful of. Oh, de- most definitely. It's uh, it's a conversation that uh, I think before we had, both of us were sitting maybe in the space of it's uh, an issue that we were maybe mildly aware of. and had, Definitely mild. Yeah, definitely in the mild category in terms of, of awareness. We we've maybe heard from it um from from relatives or from others or but again it, it similar to the message of construction and us what we do here in terms of uh, you know suicide prevention and mental health awareness uh not an issue that does really get into our media does really permeate into our everyday discussions around health uh specifically around men's health and the way we deal with it going kind of off the back of our discussion around self-care in our last episode it was quite fitting to discuss another issue that is prevalent that can be how prevalent the risk can be if it especially is hereditary if it is within your family so it was a great discussion here with Danny an absolute top bloke a legend invigorating conversation that we had with him could have easily spoke for three hours the the theme and topic around this episode of the podcast um, is Movember Mm. Uh, and what is Movember about it's about men's health just in general um i think the focal points of november however are things uh, such as prostate cancer mental health distress uh, depression that's a great month to sort of look at uh, some some of the kind of key issues that are facing our health as men and start to address them start to bring those into the light yeah and i think maintenance is important maintenance of anything especially your body and your mental health uh, is one of those things, you know, as males, we often tend to neglect uh, about the internal dangers that uh, we, we face and even the quite apparent external dangers we might face, such as testicular cancer. No, fair enough. I think many people are. Many people, uh, you know, many people we know how we feel. You going know. for a quick grab, you know, and... Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you don't know, know what you're looking for, though. It's nah, the thing. You have nah, to know well, what you're that's looking it, for. It's a, if you don't know what 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 you what you're feeling, what you're trying to, you know, uh, what's what's going on down there when you're dangling, it's uh, it can be easily missed. It's it's actually good to know within our conversation with Danny, we do discuss how it is not actually the only um, only test available to us when we're when worried about our prostate or potentially even worried about prostate cancer. Um, we do go into detail with Danny, but I was actually quite. Um, f- no, f- actually, when we first looked it up, and we saw the name of it, <laughs> Dre. Yeah, Dre. I thought this was like this is you know if someone hasn't already taken upon themselves to jump into some sort of uh, I don't know marketing spin or advert around forgetting about Dre, or if anyone has forgot about getting the Dre, 
I thought there was like an untapped gold mine. Um, I don't know if that's just me showing my age. Oh, but, no. I mean, you know. everybody knows but a Dre. <laughs> oh, Who could forget? Exactly. Even just referring to it in casual terms as the Dre. Yeah, exactly. It's, I've thought more about that test in the past three weeks just <laughs> due to that name alone than I have in my the rest of my entirety of my, of my adult life. Yeah, I could say the same too. Um, thinking about Dre. Um <laughs> Danny put it brilliantly. He said yeah. DRE. He put it as DRE. He the actually DRE. called it by its acronym. Yeah. DRE. Um, mm. But as as we say, Dre mm. is only one of the options to get yourself tested mm. for prostate cancer. Yeah, Dre is um, okay, but it's also the PSA. PSA. Here we go, guys. Prostate specific antigens. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, they do it. They do a blood test. Yeah, it's just a blood test. Yeah, that was actually mind blowing, to be honest. We tied the DRE, the digital rectal exam, to prostate cancer. Hundred percent. It's been yeah. the way it has been not marketed, but I guess the way that it's been uh, portrayed to us for a variety of years. That's the only way I was able to kind of conceive of people checking for prostate cancer, and that's also a gigantic wall that stops a lot of males getting that check. It's because yeah, I mean, of the very nature of what that is and what that means. You know, I mean, yeah. Because oh, sure. it's it's a, a cultural and historically tied image around mm. prostate exams. Yeah, it's the finger. Yeah, no, it's not. Might like, even have to be two fingers. Yeah, it's. Do you reckon they go up to three? Uh, I mean, it depends on what, what sort of rig you're working with, mate. Like, I mean, <laughs> you got to have the right tools for the right job. Oh know? yeah. And, um, you know, well, you just got to work to the work to the conditions. Um, <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, the job's got to be done. Um, and you know, the, I think the you know, our doctors out there have the equipment to, to deal with this. <laughs> do you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I tell you, it's just a, it's a funny. It is an awkward one. Eh? It is a very it's awkward genuinely one. Yeah, like, it's, and that's very. I think for why we see those barriers go up. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Even talking about it, like trying to, you know, we bring humans or like, oh yeah, it's, it's crack up. It's it's almost the very reason why guys stop because I guess because that shame. It is. There's a lot of shame. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the interview we've had with Danny today. Um, we'll crack straight into it. Hey, Danny. Sorry about the wait. Oh, good. No problem. How you going, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks. So, Danny, you'll be you'll be. Um, featuring in our second ever episode about Movember. So I just want to say before we crack into it, thank you very much um, for taking some time and, and glad that we can all come together today and record today's episode. So, Danny, um, tell us about yourself. Okay, yeah, well, uh, I'm Danny Beddingfield uh, and um, I am now now about to turn 47 in about a month's time. Um, but I've had a, a fairly interesting journey, I guess, as far as men's health goes, uh, which started around about 10 years ago. Uh, when my, well, actually probably a little bit, yeah, probably about 14, 15 years ago, when my father announced to the family via email, funnily enough, uh, that he had been um, diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, and oh, wow. sort of longish story short, he had about a five-year battle uh, and was told quite a few times by doctors and GPs that essentially, uh, you know, there was, uh, prostate cancer was the least of his worries. He was bound to die of something else before he died of prostate cancer. Uh, which is um, something that sometimes is said. Uh, anyway, unfortunately, he did pass at the age of 71. And I was 37 at the time. 
And my mother actually at, the, at my father's funeral sort of said to me, um, you know, I hear this is a hereditary thing. Perhaps you should uh, go and, you know, get a test. And I thought, yeah, yep, yeah, cool. Well, you always say yes to mum. So I, um, <laughs> That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> you know, you don't, yeah, yeah. Lesson number one in life, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly. But I, I did, I was living in Christchurch at the time and I went home to Christchurch and I sort of, I really thought on it for a, for about a month or so. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm 37. This is an old man's disease. There's no way in the mm. world. I'll just mm. tell mum that I, oh, that I, that I got the test and, and it's all good. But then, yeah, then then that, that mum gene kicked in and I said, no, I better do it. I better just go and get it done. So went in and had a blood test. Thought nothing of it. They told me to come back and have another blood test in six odd months time, uh, which is actually unusual because that's far too short a time. So obviously the first one was already a bit of a concern. And then they did what they call the DRE, you know, the direct direct rectal examination as well, uh, which wasn't too yeah. bad because I had yeah. a, a, a very small female doctor at the time. Um <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and anyway long story short on that one too i ended up going up to have a biopsy and was diagnosed with early stage prostate cancer um just before about a day before my 38th birthday so that's kind of where my i guess my my uh men's health and um and link also with actually with movember and uh it was actually quite a coincidence mm -hmm. at that time i was running a movember fundraising campaign because uh, my father had passed nine months earlier, I was trying to raise as much as I could for Movember. Uh, and during that campaign, I actually got diagnosed with prostate cancer uh, during that campaign. So that caused a bit of a, a little bit of a, um, a media flurry too, which was interesting. Oh, mm. oh 100%. I can, I can completely imagine it. It seems like that, even the sto story that you give us here today, Danny, I totally appreciate that sharing because it, it almost seems a very... Even from my um from my short time on this earth, I'm 27 and the bro over here is 25. You know that sort of that story of you know wanting to go do a checkup and even having that that idea in our minds of it's not going to be me or it's it's oh, we always hear of, of other people having it done or other people being diagnosed, but it's it's never going to be me, right? And it's what it comes down, especially in terms of men health, men's health, and what we do here at Mates is, is that mentality is is, is quite widespread, eh? Yeah, and, that, and that's, so. I, I think, you know, I do a lot of talking to younger guys, groups mm. and things now, sports clubs and things, and I, I get the feel, you know, I've got no stats to prove this, but I get the feel that guys are becoming a little bit better at, at looking after their kind of their 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 health, but I think mental health is becoming more of a, a an open conversation, thanks to, you know, mm. guys like you. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of people sort of really pushing around that. Uh, obviously, in your guys your age, it's more the worry about things like testicular cancer, which is, is more of a, a concern for your age than than, mm. than prostate cancer. But I think just getting guys into a habit of saying, you know what, even if there's nothing wrong with me, I probably should still pop into the GP every year or two and just get a get a, get a few bloods, get the blood pressure taken, you know, that kind of thing, that kind of attitude, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's definitely why I sort of bring up that sort of that familiarity with that with that storyline you bring to us. Even I know within my own family, my father, it's been almost a, sort of an exactly the same sort of storyline where it, it was a, a regular checkup. Hey, I may as well go get the DRE, see what was going on. Turns out my levels are almost two, three times as high as normal. Hey, maybe I should have a check out, see what's going on. And just because of that regular maintenance, it, it, it seems to be such an important thing for us to really 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 hammer home because it can be something that we very easily miss especially as guys we view our health we talked about in our last podcast about especially guys we tend to at a younger age especially view our bodies as a bit like cars mm. you know, we run that oil light on and then before you know it uh, we can be absolutely in need of repair yeah yeah it's um it's definitely an interesting thing um just going off what james said 
uh, guys our age and even, even younger and older would spend more on their cars or more on their hobbies than they would get in a GP checkup every year. Easy. Even I'm guilty of not having done my annual checkup last year. Definitely treat my body or used to treat my body in, in, a, in a fashion that was, oh, I'm still young. I can uh, get away with these injuries. Yeah, but invincible way. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, even, just even now, I'm not even that, I'm not even... 30 yet but just seeing the repercussions of knee injuries that i've had when i was younger coming back to haunt me if i don't sleep well if i don't have a good good posture when i'm sleeping you know my knees and my back's gonna hurt from from just that and i guess going on to that it's it's really important with these internal diseases such as prostate cancer you you it's a hidden danger that nobody really knows about um testicular cancer i mean we all can see it <laughs> but it's it's about <laughs> you know it's a, we, <laughs> not gonna lie uh yeah uh we all know what's going on down there, but um, yeah, it's one of those things as well. If you don't know what you're looking for, it's also another hidden danger that you may also need to get checked up on. And some of those things you just need a professional to be done. Just going on from that, I just want to ask, um, how common is prostate cancer in New Zealand? Uh, it's interesting. We get stats uh, from the Ministry of Health. Um, we only get stats at about three years old. They take a long time because causes of death can take a while to sort of, you mm. know, confirm. Um, but we've recently had uh, the the New Zealand Institute of Educational Research. Um, they've been doing economic research. They've been doing um, some research for us. We actually uh, used some of our research grants and funding that we had at the Prostate Cancer Foundation to um, sort of look at um, that. And they've now come forward and that as of 2019, which is the latest we've got, prostate cancer is the most diagnosed cancer in New Zealand, full stop. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Right. And that's, that's and that's coming from, I mean, we're we're so prone to skin cancer in New Zealand, um, you know. Yeah, well, and we, we hear about that a lot. We hear about skin cancer a lot. But to, stop sleeping to hear, it's all over the head. It's, yeah. it's, it's everywhere growing up. And I've actually got just sitting on my screen here because I thought I thought this would probably come up in the conversation. Um, the stats. So basically, of all cancers, prostate sitting at eleven percent of all cancers, which is the highest. Breast is at ten point two because you know we know we we hear a lot about breast. You know the ladies oh, yes. are very yeah. vocal about breast. You know there, yeah. there's lots. You know there's a screening program, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so that's pretty out there. Um, and then you go into uh, colectrum, which is you know sort of um, cancer in your in your rectal area, and then mm -hmm. melanoma is down at seven point eight. Um, of all cancers and you know and some of these cancers like melanoma and rectal are man and female so it's yes. kind of you know so that the stats, yeah. they are well lower uh, than our kind of um, prostate and breast which are kind of very equal and the other scary fact is we're now above more deaths than breast cancer every year uh, because we're getting 2019 we had 4,200 registrations of pro new new registrations of prostate cancer in New Zealand which is about 500 more than breast had and we had about another 10 15 deaths so we get about 700 and just over 700 deaths in 2019 from prostate cancer. 700, 700 deaths. Jeez. It's, sorry, we kind of got obviously a little bit shocked. You know, we deal in statistics being here at Mates as well, and yeah. it's a very similar process, and, and it's especially in terms of deaths and whatnot, you know, obviously it's got to go through the coroner, proper coronary services and, and can always take a while and whatnot, but it's 700 in 2019. Oh man, that is wow. not a number I think anyone. And no, nobody realizes it's this big because nah, the nah, core thing right. about what you guys are doing here is men don't talk about this stuff. It doesn't hit the <laughs> no, news. No. You know, guys, the, the biggest problem we've got is we don't get the sad sop stories of guys going coming mm. out and saying, Oh, um, I had prostate cancer, I've had to have uh, hormone therapy, and I've lost rectile function, yeah, um, I, right. you know, I'm leaking yeah, every right. day. No guy wants to come out and talk about that. No. Um, 
because it's a very personal thing and guys are you know a lady might come out and talk about having you know a mastectomy and, and having to go through reconstruction surgery or whatever um but guys guys don't you know this they are typical rural fellas they're not no. going to talk about that kind of thing no no even to go and get that checkup go get that dre is almost we've built these walls of taboo around ourselves to even oh no no mate that's not for me i'm not about that i wouldn't go you wouldn't catch me doing that but at the end of the day well, hey five minutes in that doctor's office mate can save you know an absolute wildly world of pain and take away from you that that huge amount of shame that one could face and dealing with that battle by oneself exactly as you say we could go through exactly those those trials and tribulations but those walls of taboo and stigma that we've built around especially in that sort of tall poppy culture that we've built here within New Zealand that, that be strong walk tall us as guys nah mate she'll be right Karen I'll be fine mate those, those stories are unique and we do need to hear about them because that, that's why I brought it up right at the start that's sort of most often how we find out especially as younger guys about prostate cancer is through others who have gone through it not because it's not necessarily shown in the media you know, within our broadcasting and whatnot it's, we hear about it from battles of other men who have gone through it and are advising us as younger guys to make sure we get out that check make sure we're doing those checkouts make sure we're eating our beetroot make sure we're doing these little things that, that to make us aware because it can teach a lesson to you know a young guy like myself like James Seal like any of us that it's just as simple as going getting that, that early checkup and, and just maintaining those checkups you know so you know it may not even for a lot of younger mm. guys it may not even be that dre that dreaded you know sort of um, finger on the bum it's um it could just be re you know a, once or two every two years getting a blood test that just, sh just just gives you your level gives you your norm and then you can see when it's slow you know it just starts to rise gently whatever it is then you then you know something's worth checking up on it's uh, it's just a case of you know knowing what's you and what's normal for you and having having that with your gp and having that conversation it's only until we we started to hit an age where you know that maybe that oil light comes on the car and we're like oh maybe I should wonder about this maybe I should do something about this and we should be checking know. that oil well in advance you know exactly right. Definitely. Yeah. exactly right we wouldn't do that in a car would we if we're seeing that oil light come on we should probably should do something about it just have the exact same approach yeah right? head down to Repco go get some go get some <laughs> yeah go get some uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't want to be paying a guy a couple of hundred bucks to do nah. my oil change for me Mark. I can do nah. that myself do it myself yeah do it exactly <laughs> We can take pride in that. That sort of we can. Hey, mate, you know what? I got that sort of. It's interesting you, you you raise. You know, it comes up a lot that DRE or the the direct uh, rectal examination because it is something that turns a lot of guys off. So we are, you know, you know, I'm the president of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. We a long time ago stopped using that as kind of a, as a, as a joke as an advertising thing. You know, years ago we had you know people like Mark Hadlow standing up with his finger up. You know, all that kind of stuff. And we kind of we pulled away from that because it was presenting more of a negative image you know and and if we're talking culturally uh, there's a, certainly some fairly predominant cultures in New Zealand uh, Pacific Island and so on which don't look too kindly upon that kind of you know kind of thing I mean it is unnecessary evil should you get to that step uh, but uh, it's not worth something that we would just want to keep pushing out there because there's there's other options you know that the blood test is is still a preferred option for most GPs before they'll go down that path yeah right is, okay that's a huge actually learning moment i think for both of us yeah because I think most people associate even that, that, as we say that maintenance or that checkup with the dre that's sort of hand in hand in our mind that's that that's the only sort of checkup but it's great to know that hey there doesn't have to be the option that's something that's turning you away or if anyone is even listening to this right now is thinking oh man that's the, the very reason why i don't want to get checked up you heard it first like that doesn't have to be the case mm. even to the that. fact in, in australia you know we've been over there recently and they've talked about this their sort of gold standard of care is more along the lines of psa blood tests and then they jump straight into mri 
um, scans really? to check oh, wow. you before they even bother trying to do these biopsies. These biopsy things are, are usually the last stage of just checking, you know, taking core samples out of your prostate to see if there is, is cancer in there. Not a, not a particularly nice um, uh, sort of procedure either. But what they're doing now is they're doing these MRIs first, which are completely, you know, non-intrusive. Uh, and they're ruling out having to do biopsies or they are leading you to a more uh, directed biopsy where you're not just going to be hit and missing trying to throw needles into your, into the prostate. So that, that and they've kind of done away with the DRE, but in New Zealand, we don't have quite as much access to those MRI machines in some of our rural areas. So we're still going to rely on some of the older school stuff, unfortunately. Ah, awesome. That, well, that's, that's so good to know that they're, they're, maybe that this age of myth is, it is starting to fall off. That's, um, oh man, it's, it's, sorry, I'm just learning so much. It's actually making me feel like my brain's growing. This is great. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, we don't often get the, the such a direct uh, from the horse's mouth sort of information. It's so good to know because I think, as said, you know, we've tied those two ideas of the DRE and the prostate cancer hand in hand, but it's good to know that it's not necessarily the, the way forward or not necessarily the only option out there, even though it may be for some, or especially, I say, in those, in those rural areas where i mean yeah i mean it's it's very interesting to hear i mean it, this is very it, this has been a very mind um mind-blowing experience because prostate cancer is not really something that's in as we said before not in someone's front of their minds but it's in the back it's something that comes up every once in a while like oh, maybe i should go get tested for prostate cancer or maybe i should go get an annual checkup and maybe i should ask my prostate to be checked as a part of that annual checkup but like you said a lot of the a lot of the times that dre is is forefront it's it's the one people tie to when they're like oh i don't want to get finger up the bum and, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah and pretty plain english that's it eh? yeah yeah it's um it's definitely one of the barriers um would, would you say there are other barriers for men getting tested for prostate cancer other than that mental and the physical aspect of going to see a gp yeah, I mean, those those are the pretty the pretty big ones. The mental step, you know. So quite often, uh, when we're talking to people, we quite often talk to the ladies because the you know the, the wives and the partners are quite often the ones who will twist the arm or you know make the doctor's appointment and push them into it. Um, daughters too of of dads, you know, daughters love their dads and they don't want to you know they want their dad to be able to walk them down the aisle and all that kind of carry on. So uh, just you know getting them to make bookings and sometimes or quite often we're hanging handing out leaflets. You know, we'll make sure we you know the guys are sort of they stare straight ahead at them all and they see that prostate cancer flag and they kind of just start heading the other direction, you know. And um, so, we, you know, we, we give it to their partners. But I think at the moment in New Zealand, you guys will be aware of this, we've got a, a major shortage of doctors. We've got a major, uh, you know, uh, lack of funding in, in, the, in the health system as, as, as it is. There's big unknowns in the health system at the moment with all the DHBs being, dis, being disbanded and so on. And so I think the other thing is, you know, ringing up to get an appointment at your GP and finding out you've got to wait four weeks or something like that to even get just an initial appointment is is a barrier for people. Uh, and you know, and just and just again, it's that problem. If nothing's wrong with me, why would I bother going? And that that's the biggest mental overstep, you know. And so at the moment, the the current uh, sort of guidelines, I guess, around it are you should be getting started to think about PSA checks, uh, the blood tests at the age of fifty. But certainly earlier, if you've got any family history like myself, uh, you know, so if, and the problem we've got here, this is the other one, actually, the problem we've got with family history is exactly what I talked about earlier. No one talks about it. So how do you know you've got family history? Uncle right. John might all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and go, oh, you got prostate cancer. Yeah, I had that 10 years ago, had it dealt with, had the surgery, you know, but he didn't True. tell anybody. <laughs> right. And, and that comes out a lot. You think, well, I don't have any family history. Well, actually, you did. You've had two uncles mm. and a grandfather who died who didn't even know he had it. 
you know, it's 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 a, it's a tough one. So guys, guys are being informed, and therefore, you know, they don't know what the guidelines are. They don't know if their family's got history, and so they're not really in a position to be making that call to go in earlier than they should, or even at the right time. Hmm. So interesting. And I guess a follow-on question from that. I guess it, it, we just talk, kind of talked about family history. How how much important of a role does family history play in I guess, in diagnosis? If we learn, say, hey, if we've got a, maybe an uncle, an aunt, or an uncle, or you know, grandfather, or even with um, a direct line, even our fathers, or even how how closely linked, or how worried should we be if we know that family history is is tied to prostate cancer? So that's a really good question because at the moment, my understanding is, you know, if you've got one direct line relative, so that's you know, a direct uncle, father, brother that's a 25 percent more chance which is quite high wow yeah as soon as you've got two you're up to 50 percent. so if you you know if your father and your grandfather had it or your father and your uncle direct uncle relative had it then you're at now at a 50 percent chance there are there are guys who i've met who have had uh, a father an uncle and a brother with it they're basically sitting on you're just about guaranteed to get it you know you're sitting around 70 80 percent chance of, of getting prostate cancer and that's before you even start talking about some of those um you know gene things like the BRCA2 gene and things like that i mean that that's that aside uh you know the more guys in your family who have had it if you know uh the, the far higher chance you're going to have yeah, that's blowing my mind, eh? So with a direct, say, a direct thing like a brother or, or a father, that we were looking at twenty five percent. If we as we add on, so so father, grandfather, we're then looking at at least half a chance, fifty percent higher, right? Jeez, man, wow. that, yeah. that nails at home, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in my understanding as well, earlier. So why did I get it so damn early? You know, one of the, I think my, the surgeon to me said I was the you know, youngest he's ever operated on at thirty eight, which is understandable. But I've heard of a few more around that age now. I think given our the way we eat, the way we do things these days, all the, you know, the things that are uh, sort of in our systems, I think it is bringing on cancer a little bit earlier than it used to be, perhaps. It would be, a, I think, a fair assumption to make. And therefore, uh, you know, if you've got direct relatives, who's to say that my dad's the only one I know of. My grandfather lived to a ripe age of 93, but probably had it at that point, to be fair. Uh, you know, the, the, he's the only one I really know of, but his brothers both died quite early. Um, from other things, heart disease. So they may have had it too. So my my gut instinct tells me that my father and at least one of my other direct relatives had it, hence why I got it so early. Jeez, it just goes to show, and especially I think it's such a good point that you made there, Danny, around um, if we don't know, if we're not sharing our stories or we're not sharing our experiences as guys, at least to even, let's not say everyone, let's not say shouting it from the rooftops, we don't need to go and ask that, but even just to our, to our family, our direct relatives around that experience around prostate cancer, you could be looking at having, potentially if you've got you know, young children or relatives that haven't been diagnosed or whatnot, that exposure just increases and increases, that risk increases. So if we're not having these open discussions like we are doing so now, we're not. We're never going to be able to progress forward in terms of our awareness, in terms of catching it early, which is what we want to be doing. Eh? We want to be catching it as early as possible so we can then begin treatment, do whatever we can. Eh? And even she died as a big thing. To my understanding, my father always he's beaten me over the head for years around this idea of beetroot being a great food to eat. He's always telling me that's like the number one thing he always tells me is to opt out beetroot burgers but I don't know to, I can't really stand for the or speak to the effectiveness of that for myself but um, are there a variety of foods that are probably helpful in terms of aiding um, or you know increasing the healthiness of our prostate over time? Yeah, and definitely the opposite side of that, which is decreasing your risks as well. You know, they're, they're talking a lot now about, obviously, alcohol's always been a, a big one for any kind of health issues, but definitely um, high intake of alcohol is, is a bit of a no-no uh, for everything, really. Um, <laughs> 
except having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Eh? That's it. Yeah, definitely uh, more of a more of a plant. You know, not don't have to go plant based, but more of a plant based um, majority of foods, and and definitely the, the flame grilled red meat, the red meat, and especially you know our t- traditional Kiwi favourite, flame grilled, essentially. Um, you know, so you're sort of charring your meat. That's one of the worst things you can do for cancer. Right. Then when you're talking about yeah yeah you're right your beetroots your turmeric your uh, your broccolis you know your your, your superfoods your super veggie um, if you can make sure you're getting a decent intake of those it's always going to do you do you better as well uh, mm. you know but um, so you know I certainly try I, m- m- one of my biggest fears is, is that it can come back you know they they took out my prostate and they said they got it all you know all mm. the cancer was there when they took it out uh, but there's always a chance of reoccurrence around where the nerves are you know they don't they don't they try not they try to save the nerves around your prostate because that gives you keeps you know like myself I've still got erectile function and and um and I'm not you know not leaky. Uh, because they managed to save all that, uh, but there's always a chance that uh, it can start reoccurring there. So you know, anything I do, I um I was a hundred and eighteen odd kilo about a year after uh, I finished after my operation. I went through a bit of a bad patch, you know, the the uh, went through a bit of depression and so on. Put a lot of weight on. Um, this weekend, I'm running the Auckland Marathon for the uh, for the Prostate Cancer Foundation and raised over eleven thousand dollars. So oh, that's awesome. It's, it's uh, you know, it's the, the health, the fitness is actually the one of the biggest things we put forward. We even fund a thing called ProstFit, which is like an exercise program for older guys, you know, who may not be able to partake in a lot of normal gym exercises. So, it's, you know, it's a lot of, you know, tossing balls around and and and, um, and things that sort of, you know, get them working in a group together and get that camaraderie and stuff going as well. And yeah, so, you know, to answer your original question, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, if you were to do a bit of research, you'd find all the foods you shouldn't be having, first of all. Mm. <laughs> you'd be finding all the foods you should be sticking to. Um, but yeah. And we shouldn't be wait, we shouldn't be waiting until we get some sort of horrible diagnosis to start eating right and, and exercising and looking after our bodies, right? Ah, exactly, yeah. yeah. It is, it is, I guess the kind of pervasive theme over the course of a conversation has been that, that, I guess, constant maintenance or just or being aware and knowing, like you just said, Danny, what's good, what's bad. You know what's actually actively helping me what's actively taking away from my health and this conversation you know so oh, that's absolutely fantastic man wow what a honestly such an eye-opening statistic to know that prostate cancer is leading in cancer in new zealand especially after everything that we discussed about people not diagnosing themselves or not getting not getting checked and getting diagnosed and even um only finding out later on and, and still to hear that it's at 11 percent uh, 0.8% more than breast cancer. It's, wow, it's such a wild percentage. And that's, that's in 2019 too. I mean, we, we need to see what, um, what it says in 2022, but I understand we're coronial stats take a while before they become I confirmed. I think COVID's going to really mess with our stats too, for obvious reasons. Yeah. People yeah. weren't going to the doctor. So I no, reckon we're going to see not. less registrations coming through the next couple of years, but more deaths. Wow. Um, actually one more question I did want to ask with, with the, the early checks, especially if you have family history how early are we talking in terms of getting yourself checked would you say mid-30s you should start asking to get uh, your prostate checked uh, as a part of your annual exam or would you say later well the the official stat is 40 you know and most doctors are gonna you know a lot of gps who have no experience of younger men getting prostate cancer are even still going to not laugh, but will still seriously query your decision to getting checked at 40 uh, because there's still a, a fairly decent understanding between most GPs that it's, it's an old man's disease. Right. Uh, so yeah. you're probably going to have to do a bit of convincing. And uh, But I would, you know, if, uh, if I was diagnosed at 37 uh, with a Gleason score of 7, which isn't, isn't, isn't highly um, 
sort of highly high, but it's it's, it's reasonable. It's at a scale of uh, out of 10. Um, I would have had it in my system from sort of 32, 33, maybe. It would have been would have been starting to grow. So, right. I, I you know, if you've got direct family history, especially where someone who's passed or they've got diagnosed reasonably early too, in their 50s or early 60s, then I would be looking to get checked from early, from mid thirties, and I think you've you know with, if you took your family history into your GP and said, look, I just want to start a baseline, I just want to start getting checked every two years from now, just so I know what my norm is, and so I can see a rise. I don't think too many GPs have an issue with that. Mm. And, and and like you said, it would just be a, a just a simple blood test to see what your levels are at instead of a instead of that dreaded DRE that we all associate ourselves with. They won't go there until you know until there's area of concern and 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 PSA levels are you know it's it's, it's hard to sort of say what a base level is for somebody because it's uh, everyone's different but yeah I think everything's um been pretty good so yeah thank you very much for today fantastic well thanks for your time too James I appreciate it and it's a uh, yeah you're doing a great job getting it out to, you know when when men need to be talking and the more of this stuff the better right well that was I think very inspiring oh um, Andy Andy I just want to say thank you Danny for the time you've given us for this interview um hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did um it was very insightful and honestly very eye-opening yeah especially in, in relation to that a uh, the hereditary uh, risk increase oh. you know, it's that is absolutely um you know something i think we should you know we'll, we'll definitely go and have conversations with our family about i know it's it's, it's definitely within my family world and really risk was that pug so it, it is a conversation that we need to be having every day and thank you again danny doing amazing work there over there at prostate cancer foundation nz uh, and thank you again for your time for having us mate it's absolutely awesome if you would like to reach out to us at all we are available at mates in construction nz on instagram but also linkedin and facebook as well we hope you enjoyed be on the ear out for another episode dropping very soon before the end of the year uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day if you're holding back the tears let go if there's something that you need say so to it.